You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you ever thought, how do I create more value for my patients so that they really want what I can provide? Well, today I bring on a great friend of mine, Dr. Christian Coachman, the leader of DSD. And we talk about real value versus perceived value. It is fantastic. You have to listen to this. So hope you guys enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam around here. I get to find the greatest speakers, thinkers, teachers in all of this world of dentistry and bring them to you and share great thoughts to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today, I've got an extra special episode. One of my dear friends, Dr. Christian Coachman, who was just with us recently in Milwaukee for a DSD day, and it was fantastic. And so today we're going to be talking about real value and perceived value and why that's so important for you and your team. Christian, thanks for being here, brother. Amazing to be back uh, and amazing to know that this is going to be the first of many. We are starting this series of podcasts together. It's going to be all over the world. So everybody listening, wait for that. <laughs> well, buddy, I'm I'm so grateful, and as you guys will get to see, like Christian, I think you're uh, you're just a, a you're changing the world and changing how we think. Even as what we're going to talk about today, my team coming back from the DSD day, this was the one thing that of many that they were like, we gotta we gotta really lean into this. But before we go that direction, Christian, I know you, my team knows you, the Act Dental community knows you very well, but we have a lot of young listeners. Who is Dr. Christian Coachman? Who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? <laughs> I'm originally from Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, dentist and dental technician originally. Uh, I don't practice dentistry anymore for the last uh, almost 10 years already. I'm, an, I'm the founder of DSD, Digital Smile Design Company, based in Madrid now, where I, I'm speaking from. And it's basically a service company uh, for dentists. We basically, if you think about everything that a dentist needs to grow their practice and you split everything they need in two, half of this is provided by Act Dental, the other half is provided by DSD. 
that's the best way to explain what we do here. All right. I like the way you said that. I like the way you said that. So, uh, and uh, obviously we watch, uh, we're going to get into the whole digital smile design thing and how it all works. But one of the founding principles or one of the main principles that you really hit home during the DSD was the value. Now I've heard a lot of people describe real value and perceived value, but I really want you to share your philosophy on that and why that's so important for dentists. Let's talk about the why first. Yeah. So from my dental technician perspective, what I realized was that many clients that I have, dentists, clients, of course, uh, they could be great clinicians, but not necessarily have great practices and vice versa. I saw clinicians that were not that great, but were really succeeding with their practice. So I noticed there was a, uh, being a good clinician, unfortunately, and I say, unfortunately, is not a guarantee of success. And as a technician, you know, 25 years ago, I started to ask myself, how can I help my good clinicians to be more successful uh, beyond just managing the clinical procedures? And uh, that's when I started what I call emotional dentistry concept. Everything that can help a dentist generate perceived value. So what I realized was that we all have our real value and our real value is the value that we know we deserve because of our effort on learning and practicing and becoming more experienced and trying over and over again and using the right instruments materials etc so every year we get better and that grows our real value but what i also notice is that on a capitalist world uh, real value doesn't make the magic alone. It doesn't really matter how much real value you know you deserve. What really matters for a business, including a dental practice business, is the value that people believe you deserve or people feel you deserve. So it's basically when people, when patients accept a treatment plan, this treatment plan actually has very little to do with your clinical skills. Right. And it has a lot to do with the perception of value that this person had until that moment. So I understood that it's all about mastering the process of creating perceived value. And that's when we started to explore the psychology and the human behavior and communication skills and body language and emotional experience and everything that you need to do everything that you can improve to translate your real value into perceived value. Yeah. So go a little bit further in that. Let's give them a, we're going to give them a tiny little example of this. And that's why the DSD process is so important is it's actually visualizing and understanding and the emotional part and the storytelling prior to the actual treatment planning mm -hmm. process and really understanding the patient before we start down that road. Correct. Is what we say. We say, see if you agree with me, people don't buy your treatment. They buy the, the emotional experience before your treatment, meaning they make the yes or no decision based on everything that they experienced so far until the moment that you presented the estimate to them. Now, rationally, people think that they are saying yes or no because of your clinical skills, Doctors think 
that the patient is saying yes or no because of their clinical skills. But in fact, what we see is that the yes or no depends on this emotional experience. Why? Because major decisions in life are emotionally driven. And also because it's very hard for the patient to understand clinical skills even after the treatment. Imagine right. before the treatment. And other patients, word of mouth happens. And it's also very interesting to notice that word of mouth, even if you're a great clinician, the patient will have, a happy patient will have a hard time to explain the clinical technicalities of why you did something well. And the explanation, the word of mouth will end up being much more on the emotional side, on the experience, on the perceived value generation. So at the end of the day, before, after, doing, it doesn't matter. What matters is the perception of value. Right. And the perception of value is not necessarily 100% connected to your real value. So it's, uh, it's an art. Translating right. your real value into perceived value is an art that needs to bring your team. Your team needs to master this process. The whole non-clinical experience needs to represent this process. Your ambience, your hospitality, your communication skills, your body language, the, 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 the quality of your team in terms of, of uh, behavior as well. Uh, and these things, unfortunately, and I repeat the word unfortunately here, are usually even more important than the quality of the treatment for at least the short-term success. Yeah. And you pointed out something uh, very important. It's the power of story. Human beings cannot ignore the power of story. You illustrated, I mean, Steve Jobs is a wonderful, share the story of Steve Jobs and why his storytelling on that one day changed mm -hmm. the whole world. So yes, Steve Jobs has some, a quote that is more or less like this. He says that the most powerful people in the world are the storytellers because they generate change. So when I listen to the quote like this, he, he, he's saying that it's actually not, it's not the doers that are changing the world, world uh, uh, the people that are actually doing something. Before them, you need the storyteller creating the inspiration and they are the ones at the end that are making people embrace the change, right? So every great project, every great practice needs a very good storyteller and and what i usually tell on the course is is you know every time i'm presenting a treatment plan i like to imagine that i can be like steve jobs i want to be the steve jobs mm. of, of treatment planning presentation and i use the the combination you know i i if i could hire the perfect treatment planning presenter to my practice, I would like to hire the combination between John Coyes and Steve Jobs. If you can mix these two, <laughs> two people into one and make one person out of it, if that was possible. So when I'm practicing and when I'm training myself to present treatments in a more effective way to generate perceived value, I want to imagine that I'm taking the best out of these two individuals and creating this one perfect treatment plan presentation. Yeah. And I'll share some secrets that you even shared in DST day. Like you really get prepared for this. You share like, even in the shower, in the morning, you're thinking about like how you're going to communicate, even with your wife and with your team and with the patients today. So 
I think making that important and making sure that 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 does come across with the right energy and connection. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Look, you know, we we know that idealistically, philosophically, what really matters is our internal value, right? Uh, But the shortcut to succeed is to learn how to transmit this value. Mm -hmm. When, if we can every day invest a few minutes to try to imagine our day tomorrow, try to forecast, try to predict the key moments of tomorrow, just the day tomorrow, right? It can be a normal day, but maybe you have an important discussion with your assistant. Maybe you're gonna have to cover an important topic with your son. Maybe you're gonna have to talk about a complex topic with your wife. You know, maybe you're gonna have to interview somebody. Maybe you have a patient that is a little tougher than the average patient. And you know that's gonna happen tomorrow. So you you have the chance to prepare for these moments. And you, you invest a few minutes, and I mentioned the shower, right? Because I like I like to do this exercise on the shower. So as you're having a shower, you're thinking about tomorrow and you're identifying those one, two, three moments that can can be a, a key moment of your day that you can easily not think about it, but if you think about it, it allows you this chance to mentalize the moment, to predict the moment, to build a moment in your head, to try to anticipate what are the challenges that that moment will bring? What are the, 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 the barriers that the other person will have when listening to you? You know, are the, the topics that will create fr- uh, friction, that will create stress? If you put a little bit of energy, you can almost identify, anticipate most of the issues that you're going to have on the key moments of your day tomorrow. And by anticipating this, you can build a strategy in advance. And building a strategy in advance is basically building the communication process to create value in your words, to create the perception of value. So it's not about you knowing that you're right, you knowing that you have the answer, but it's you putting yourself on the other person's shoes and trying to understand how to make that person at least respect a little bit more what you're going to say. And and my goal is never to convince everybody. It's not about convincing everybody. I think it's about increasing the chances of people respecting a little bit more what you're saying, even if they don't agree with it. Say, Christian, I, I actually don't agree with you, but the way you're putting this and the way you're explaining yourself makes me think, and I'm at least respecting what you're saying. And and, and that makes a huge difference. And And for me, this is the shortcut to achieve your goals. This is the shortcut to build projects. This is the shortcut to grow. This is a shortcut to empower partnerships and collaborations. This is the shortcut to empower staff members. You know, this is the shortcut to avoid problems, communication, and stress. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I think one of the things you have to, we probably have to make super clear. It isn't about you being overly dynamic all the time and telling great stories. It's a combination of both. We have to learn the patient's story and we also have to be able to tell stories. Is that correct? Because I, I really believe your ability as a clinician, as a team to learn the story, because everybody does something because of a story. Even data has to tell a story. Yep. 
Even a yeah. building has to tell a story. Even a practice has to tell a story. Wouldn't you agree? Look, uh, we, we, we've been talking about AI, not in dentistry, in life in general for, for many, many years. And why suddenly a few months ago, boom, you know, chat GPT and things like this. I, I was thinking about it. And, you know, in my non-specialist AI humble opinion, I just had a haha moment for me. And why a tool like ChatGPT is so disruptive is because it's not only about information. ChatGPT tells stories. Yeah. Answer you through story. It's actually a very well written answer. You know, if you ask AI in the past, you could search on Google. I want to find this. And Google will give you the links and the topics and the explanations there in a very direct way, but not transforming that information in actually a beautiful paragraph. Chat GPT creates an answer that looks like a human. Why? Because it looks like there's somebody thinking and putting a story together. That's, that's why I think this is so disruptive. That's why everybody's feeling so threatened that suddenly, say, AI is going to substitute us because suddenly AI is telling stories. Yeah. About the information. Yeah. And we can only debate like how far that's going to go. But uh, I, you know, and I, I think even if you're caught in the middle of this, like freaking out a little bit like me, you know, I, I don't, I, I am too. I no, think that no becomes, an, with that. but like everything, it's an opportunity. I think in the world, yeah. it's a wonderful opportunity because I think I'm thinking now is that people that come into your office, they're going to crave a deep human connection with people they trust. They will invest their dentistry, their oral health, and yeah. people they trust long-term. And so that becomes the opportunity. I, I'm very optimistic naturally. But this AI story, of course, made us a little nervous, and that's normal. But I, I like to continue to be optimistic, and I agree with you 100%. If when, as soon as this AI thing becomes mainstream and everybody starts to use, and you can fake people, you can fake messages, you can fake songs, you can fake, you can, you know, start generating whatever, what is going to happen, I believe, is that this is going to actually bring us back to the complete trust on human connection. Mm -hmm. you, you, we're going to go back to, I want to actually have a coffee with you, sit down and look in your eyes and talk to you because all the emails, all the messages, everything can be fake. Right. And that's going to become the new normal. And that's going to become okay, you know. You getting a message, you know, until recently, getting an email with somebody writing their signature on the bottom, you knew was that for, from that person. Nowadays, you don't know anything anymore. Right. It means that you want to go and shake hands. You want to look in the eyes. You want to have real human connections. So I agree with you. I think that this is not going to, this is going to make us connect even more on the only way that humans can connect. So at the end, you know, I think that always everything comes from the for the best. And this is going to be one more thing. We're going to find a way to strengthen our connections through this. 100%. I think social media has already given us a glimpse of the path that we'll take. I mean, we now get our news from social media. We often yeah. don't know up from down. It's, 
you know, it's, it's all slanted based on what we're pressing on. So I think it makes us question what's real. And I think you're exactly right. I think in the, in the end, human beings will always crave connection. They will always crave story. They will always crave, you know, we're in a world where we're starving for significant relationships, real relationships. There was a recent study in the United States, which is very sad, um, but it said that the average citizen in the United States has one true friend. That's a pretty sad statistic, you know? And my hope the people listening to this understand the importance of having more friends and more people that you can trust on, but uh, um, that's important. Now, I wanna go back to this. You mentioned something before we hit the go button I think is very powerful. Too much who is given much is, you know, um, you know, much is, what am I trying to say here? You said, oh gosh, you said it so well, the better you become at telling stories, the better you become, the more responsible you have to be. Can you explain that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we all know this, right? Uh, The more you invent, the more you understand about, you know, emotions, human behavior, communication skills, persuasion, body language, you know, so much content out there about that, showing that if you master all these tools, you become more powerful. You can influence more people. You can make people change their minds. You can make people change their priorities. You can make people give up on certain things and adopt other new things. You have an impact on people. The better communicator you are, the bigger the impact you have on people, period, right? So that comes with responsibility. And of course, we can use the example of of the people that are great communicators without responsibility or not good intentions. You know, many, unfortunately, politicians, they do that. They master communication. They become very good uh, with persuasion and they don't have your best interest, right? So I believe that to make myself comfortable with investing in communication skills, to make myself ethically supported, I need to always remind myself that every little thing that I learn about how to communicate better makes my job harder in terms of being more responsible for everything I say and everything I do. you know, that there's a saying something like that on the, on the book, you know, the little prince that says something like that. You know, the more you captivate people, the more you fascinate people, the more responsible for them you are. And that's so beautiful. You know, when you make somebody like you a little bit more, when you, you make somebody admire you a little bit more, you are a little bit more responsible for that person. And, and you need to take that very seriously. And that make, if you have that in mind, that really makes you think more and more about your behavior, your attitude, uh, and everything you do towards that person. Because yeah. you already brought that person to your side. You know, you made that person like you a little bit more. And, and this is something that I, I like to always remind myself. Because when people say, Christian, you are a good communicator, I, I immediately try to think about that. Okay, if I'm a better communicator, I need to be even more careful about people and about what I say to people and about the influence that I have on people. Yeah, it's so well said. I, I was thinking of... Uh... 
To whom much is given, much is required. And that's exactly what you're trying to it's say. A, it's here. the same thing. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. Yeah. And as a dentist, you know, when you become this Coy's Steve Jobs combination, basically you can make patients do almost anything, you know, if you really master this process. So your treatment plan needs to be the most possible ethical treatment plan possible in the world and i usually use the example i i say that the the daughter's test you know you put that you know you are a very good communicator you know you can convince the patient you build that beautiful treatment plan you're full of confidence of course we have the financial side you know on our hand you know had saying you know you're gonna sell this eighty thousand dollar treatment plan blah 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 and you're super excited and you need to hold that for a minute and do the daughter's test. What is the daughter? daughter's test? Is to pretend the patient that is walking in is your daughter. And then you look at your daughter with that exact same problems and clinical situation. You look at your treatment plan and you ask yourself, would I do this in my daughter? And if you exit it, if you're not 100% sure, don't use your communication skills to convince the patient. Right. I love it. I love it. One of the beautiful things about what you're doing is in the past, dentists doing a lot of restorative dentistry or complex restorative dentistry were selling the invisible. So, you know, creating relationships. But a lot of it is, you know, it's invisible for patients. They don't see it. You, with the storytelling concept and what DSD, you are now taking the invisible and you're making it visible. Can you talk about that? I mean, we're going to, we're going to save. So listeners yeah. in the future, we're going to talk about asynchronous communication. We're not going to go in there today, but like you actually yeah. said, uh -huh. you should never use a Facebook again. And I'm like, Whoa, I don't <laughs> think I've ever heard that in a course. So talk about okay. taking the invisible and making it visible for dentists, even through the use of a so, phone. Yeah. Let's say we could define what makes patients say yes, right? If we could dissect the yes and divide the yes into pieces and say, uh, you know, 70% of the yes comes from here, 30% comes from there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I believe that at least two thirds of, of the yes of patients, they come from non-clinical aspects. So the perceived value creation, the experience, the emotional connection, uh, the, the, the fascination, the link, the relationship building, uh, the trust building in minutes, in, in one appointment, because everything needs to be happening before you present the plan. So all this magic needs to happen. Uh, and and two-thirds of that, in my humble opinion, comes from non-dental things, right? So... But one third of it still comes from dental. And okay. that's when you can really top this amazing experience with a very different way of explaining the actual clinical vision, the clinical plan that you have for the patient. And that's through uh, uh, what we call visual storytelling, right? So it's translating a boring treatment plan, and I say boring because everybody that is not a dentist thinks that dentistry is boring and they don't want to talk about dentistry. So if you talk about dentistry as a dentist and you present treatment plans like everybody does, you're working against yourself. You're diminishing the chances of people actually engaging with it. So if we know that everybody 
nobody likes to go to the dentist, it means that everything that we do that makes people feel like they are in the dentist works against us. That's basically the rule. Everything that you can do that makes the experience not look like a dental experience is a smart thing to do. Absolutely everything, anything, right? If your practice smells like a dental practice, that's working against you. If, if you're even looking like a dentist, if your team looks like a dental team, if the front desk, everything, whatever you can change works in your favor, yeah. including the process of presenting the plan. And that's when visual 3D storytelling comes, right? You need to translate your plan. You need to change your treatment plan presentation from two perspectives. First, you need to change your dental language into a language that people actually connect. And second, you need to translate your vision into a visual presentation, right? So we know that every smart person that wants to convince somebody else of a project, they build a slide presentation. So treatment plans should be presented like any business project is presented with a few cool visual slides that can make the non-expert understand your vision and make that person embrace your vision. So this is what we call visual 3D storytelling. And this is when 3D technology comes in. This is when working with your lab, trans transforming your lab into a content generate generator is key. So your lab needs to support you with storytelling. Your lab needs to support you with images to allow you to tell a cool story. So you need to learn how to ask the right images to your lab because they have the software, they have the technology, not you. Right. You know, right. it makes no sense for you to do it. Yeah. And we'll get into this in future episodes, but your ability to overlay the images of the face with the CBCT and then by the use of just the toggle button to make them, you know, fade in and out and see how they fit That's together is transformative. That's an example of, of visual 3D storytelling. Let's say you want to tell the patient that their chin is too back because the bone behind is not supporting and you show the face in 3D and you have the CBCT behind and you put transparency on the facial image and you show the, the position of the bone and the thickness of the bone and you trace some lines, you, you draw over the picture, then you overlap the intraoral picture with the x-ray and the CBCT and the ideal design and the 3D simulation of the ortho simulation. So everything needs to be visual. Yeah, That's completely directly related to the first question you ask, perceived value generate. I would say that this is one third of the, uh, of the magic so two-thirds of the magic is the non-clinical connection value, perceived value generation. One-third is the visual clinical 3D perceived value generation. Okay, we could easily turn this into a three-hour episode because I have so many questions I want to ask yeah. you now. And we'll just tell you guys, like, and I'll tell you, obviously, I've been to a lot of CE. It was pretty fun. You know, Christian, in the middle of the course, showed a, a model from Elvis and I, we'll get into that later, but you were able to, you know, transform a lot of people. And it was through the power of a story. You know, it wasn't so much the yeah. dentistry, it was a story. I want to, we'll come back to that, but there's so much, there's so much here that we can cover. I want you to, a um, couple things. 
So uh, my team got to see you tell the story of DSD. So if you've never heard DSD, this is not just some brilliant guy who created this concept. It's the story of how DSD came together. I mean, you actually had intimate knowledge and worked with you know, Team Atlanta. You were the lead ceramist. So you're you're not some guy who took a whole bunch of courses and decided to do this. The story. Can you tell a little bit of the story of DSD and then your vision for the future? So the, the whole thing started exactly from this dual perspective. You know, as a dentist, but also a dental technician. Uh, even though I graduated from dentistry, I decided to stay working as a dental technician and that allowed me to work with some of the best dentists in the world. This relationship, oops. I'm still here. You still there? I'm here. Can yeah. you see me? Yeah. So the, the relationship between dentist and technician allowed me to start exploring the things that I thought could help this relationship to grow. And because this relationship grows, the whole business grows. So I was able to divide the challenges into three groups. Uh, the first challenge, we needed to make more comprehensive decisions through collective intelligence. And we needed to develop systems for that. Second, we needed to execute procedures in a more controlled, guided way performance principles, right? Three, we needed to understand how patients generate value. How do you generate value to patients? And that is perceived value generation. This creates the three, the three main uh, pillars of DSD. That is emotional dentistry, comprehensive dentistry, and guided dentistry. So this is the foundation of DSD. And uh, we started the courses about these three things. And then we started to build services about these three things, uh, basically providing dentists support to implement these three pillars that I just mentioned. And that's what we do uh, till today. We, we help dentists bring these three concepts into their daily practice, train their teams into these three concepts and allow benefits to their patients. Yeah. And so um, we'll get into more of it later. But if I'm listening to Christian, I know I could keep you all day because I have so many other avenues I want to go down to. If I'm listening today and I want to learn more about DSD, I'm going to encourage you guys, check it out. Make sure you follow Christian. But where do I start? How does it even work? Where do I go if I'm going to learn more about DSD in this process? Very simple. DigitalSmileDesign.com. That's it. Our Landing page is very self-explanatory. And actually the website is designed with storytelling in a way that really drives you through this journey in the website to really understand what is DSD and how DSD can help you. Yeah, so I'm gonna encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, if you're not taking notes, don't worry, we're taking notes for you. You can flip up to the notes uh, in the podcast, and you'll see links directly to what Christian has mentioned, uh, where you can find out more and you can check it out. So Christian, thank you so much for being on. Any last thoughts you have about, you know, real value and perceived value? Um, I think that, as I mentioned, the shortcut to success is understanding how to translate your real value into perceived value. But this the definition of success is very tricky 
the success that we are telling here is the exterior success, is the business success, is the professional success. And we talk about professional success because it's, it's very important. You know, you cannot deny that succeeding in the world is important. But at the end of the day, without being successful internally, meaning everything that nobody knows, everything that nobody cares, everything that has nothing to do with anybody else, that is the real success. Yeah. When you're successful inside yourself with yourself, you know, the things that have nothing to do with anybody else. So yes, commercially speaking, we talk about the exterior success, but we cannot forget the balance and we cannot forget that at the end of the day, happiness comes from first having your inner success. Amen, brother. Very, very well said. So thank you, brother. Stick around while we say goodbye, everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, do us a favor. Hit the share button. Share this with your friends. Put the good word out because we love this profession so much. We're going to keep bringing it to you so that you guys can consume this from the best thinkers in the world and create a better practice and a better life. So until we hear from you next time or you see us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.